Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments, you know, without sounding like a complete jerk? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast, a weekly advice show that takes your workplace dilemmas and offers you a better way forward. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and joining today, she's been on the podcast before, definitely once, if not twice, actually, Sarah Frazier, welcome to the show. Taylor Strecker, I love being with you. I am, I'm also a huge fan. I just, I adore you in real life and on your show. You're amazing. And I'm so grateful to be on your platform. I absolutely love it. So thank you. I mean, don't stop. Keep complimenting me. It will get you everywhere in life. <laughs> well, you know, I'm obsessed with you. I told you, and I would say this publicly. I mean, I'm working with a production company and I actively every week think of a show to either co-host with you or put you on. Like, I, I love you. I love your personality, everything. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so happy we have the same goals for me. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you and your Taylor and your and her plant collection. I mean, <laughs> her plant collection. I Can you know. believe Sarah? She gets crazier by the day. Like I have moments where I'm like, wait, you should have shown me this side of you before we got married. Who you returns know? Gucci loafers for a plant? I mean, I'm just like, what? <laughs> this is, I watched you. Say, I watched that story eight times. I go, in what life? I mean, who is who is doing this? <laughs> well, Sarah, the feeling is mutual. I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with your TikTok. You are my new TikTok role model. Girl, you got to teach a bitch, okay? I am so bad. I don't even know how to make... I had to... This is the wild thing. You're, okay, so just real quick for anybody. Sarah has a show. It's amazing. It's called The Sarah Fraser Show. New episodes Monday and Monday through Wednesday, right? Yep. yep. Yes, okay. Also, IG, same thing. The Sarah Fraser Show. And your new but crazy rushing at TikTok and years ago like right before the pandemic yes right before the pandemic my agent got me this gig and it was like um a TikTok oh oh what was it called um bus bustle TikTok and bustle did like um I don't know, some sort of a, a collab. Okay. And they need to do like, it was almost like a commercial. This is like, so really pre 
like panini bread where like nobody was really like knew that much about TikTok. Okay. And the agent's like, not only did it get you a paying gig, okay, for Bustle and TikTok, but also like TikTok's going to be the next big thing. And I was like, blah, blah, <laughs> like totally <laughs> ignored her. And she was like, you have to go to the shoot and a part of your contract that you have to do at least, at least they want more, but at least one TikTok, like by the time like the ad airs. And I was like, okay, fine. Cut to me on tour with Stassi and Bo at the airport. Like, oh fuck, I have this deadline. Trying to figure out a TikTok. I, t- Sarah, I, li- I've never been more confused. In- I was like my parents trying to figure out how to turn their television on. It was so frustrating, out of my mind, like so lost. I, I, I've never felt more ancient in my entire life. I did it. I figure. I mean, if you go and you look at it, everybody should go look at it. Go to my TikTok. Okay. At Taylor Strecker terrible and it's my only one it's the only one i've ever done i don't even know how i did that one so anytime i see people on tiktok i get instantly jealous but especially when i see people on tiktok they're like my peers i'm like we are allowed to do this question mark like but like i i'm just so insecure about it it's like my biggest insecurity in the world and you're crushing you would kill it because your fans love you everybody loves to see you you have famous friends I look at you and I'm so jealous. I mean, I look at you, you hang out with girl with no job. You hang out with Stassi. You hang out all with all these people I've admired for five years. I think to myself, I have got to text this bitch and I have got to come to New York or New Jersey just, and get to, and just hang out outside her house. Okay. Oh, you teach me how to TikTok. I will teach you how to social climb. <laughs> I got you. You hang out with everybody I admire. Look, I got, you know what? I am inspired by your co-host, Andrea Lopez, who yes. was on my show for years. I adore her. She is for so years. talented. You know her. I mean, she is such a delight. You worked with her forever. You worked with her before I did. She was an intern. She emailed me and wanted oh, an internship. So her, amazing. Her parents were, her mom was like going through this phase. She didn't feel well here in DC and, and Andrea's from DC. So, mm-hmm. you know, she'd known me from the radio. She knew my podcast. Anyway, she emailed me. I was like, can you start tomorrow? She did. Then she became my co-host for a while. And actually I fired her. I was like, you need to go. You need to go focus on your TikTok. You yep. need to go focus on your impressions otherwise you're going to be here forever and i'm sure like you do with her we will talk for like three hours and the afternoon is gone i'm like no andrea you're fired and so now she's she's killing him she's so incredible i adore her yeah you and I, i i feel like you and i are like the last of the Mohegans. You know what I mean? Like we experience a time in this industry that like we're talking about all of my my friends, like your friends, they they know it from talking to us, but they don't really know. No, nobody lived through it. Like radio radio's very very I, I don't even know what it's, I mean it's passe is maybe the wrong word or maybe it's the right word I just feel like it was like a different generation we you and I were at the tail end of, of like the end of a generation of entertainment and Howard still keeps it feeling very like alive but it not right oh it's dead it's dead and but you and I experienced success like in radio like the last yes. tail end of the golden year yes you know? yes like, when you had your huge show you know I like I was on in DC everybody you, have, you were on a huge show we both we are like we literally have very parallel careers I would say Totally. And it's crazy because that it's like that industry completely died within a four year period of time. And you and I have totally reinvented, right? With podcasting and our brands. But I feel like you and I are even, it sucks a little bit our positions because we almost have to reinvent even double than like, you know, Claudia or Andrea, you know, because they're so they, they blew up over social media, you know, which, which is the way now. 
And social media for me and you felt very secondary because our main focus was radio. And then this new younger generation comes in and their entire focus is social media because they're just living it all the time. I actually met Claudia because she came into Sirius and I interviewed her. And she was like, wow, your job's cool. I want to do your job. And then she like invented the morning breath, which is now the morning toast. And I'm like, bitch, you're doing it better than me. Is that the worst? They all like, like, what the fuck? And then literally, oh my God, do you know I love her so much? Have you, do you follow Remy Bader from TikTok? She's also on Instagram. Follow her. You will love her. She's everything. Okay, so she's known for her realistic um, hauls. So like during the pandemic, she literally would just like start ordering like Zara, H&M, like all, like Brandy Melville, all these different brands. And she would try them on her home, but she like tries them on and shows not just the cute stuff. She shows the shit that like won't zip over her like body. Okay. And it's everything. It's comedy. It's relatability. It's fashion. It's everything. And she literally in the course of a year went from being like unemployed to fucking blowed the fuck up and I interviewed her here Taysa Taylor and she was like and so she knew me from Sirius as well because she was over handling PR for Bravo for like ever and ever and then there were layoffs because of the pandemic and yeah anyway so she comes on the show and she's like can you just like give me advice on how to handle this? And I'm like, handle what? And she's like, <laughs> overnight fame. And I'm like, bitch, I am still waiting. <laughs> I've been slugging it out for 20 fucking years. We're like, how much longer? <sighs> and these people go and post like one impression. I know. And bless Taylor, you and believe, I-, I love these kids, but damn, a bitch is tired. So Sarah, you and me, we're teaming up and we're taking over the goddamn world, okay? We're getting the last laugh because we're going to do some horrible show on VH1 that everybody <laughs> will watch. You know? like, just- <laughs> I am in old radio show on VH1. That's going to be number one, honey at 9 PM. Ooh, we, Ooh, Ooh, I actually have a great idea. So good. I almost don't want to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it because everybody, you probably already know this because you have famous friends, but everyone steals your idea in Hollywood. So don't say it. Everybody, especially just for everybody listening, especially radio, radio people get stolen from nonstop because we're the ones putting out daily content. And then like, you know, you might see something on SNL, you might see something on, on the Ellen show, like all these like games that they come up with, they steal that shit from radio. Yep. They do yeah. all the time. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel famously, I mean, he started in radio, everything he learned, every bit he does on his show all came from radio and he just might've put a different name on it. Yeah. Son of a bitch. What about carpool karaoke? Now that's the greatest invention of all time <laughs> ever. Not. So good. I can't take credit for that one. Nobody stole that one. I mean, I might've played it by myself in my car, but I can't really claim that one. I will say the Ellen one with the game with like the retractable mouth and now they like sell as a game. That's tooth talk. And I invented it with my fucking dentist on Sirius, <laughs> but whatever, whatever. <laughs> they stole it all from us. Taylor. Okay. I have a TV show idea for us. That's like, kind of it's, it's, it's going to be like kind of like a curb where it's like based on real life but then there's like kind of improv acting in it but I'm, that's all I'm going to say okay, okay. So I'm going to say anymore okay I wrote Love it down it. okay um so anyway we're soul sisters and true to form our lives kind of like always overlap and imitate one another I'm a fan of yours you're a fan of mine um so aside from being obsessed with your tiktok I am obsessed with the fact that you had a baby you just had a baby how old is your baby he is eight months old today 
believe it or not. <gasps> yes. Happy birthday. What was that? Happy eight month birthday. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just got married. My wife is, she was chomping at the bit for kids. I mean, before we even started dating. So this is something that I really want to talk about specifically with you because you recently, I don't know, a few months ago, you posted something about you and your hubs, and it was all about how you're kind of a psycho about him loving you more than the baby or the baby more than you. And this is literally a fight I've had with Taylor for years. She thinks I am mentally disturbed and she's correct. But like, I am so, I'm scared of having a baby for all the real reasons. It's a baby. It's a responsibility. It's a financial burden. It just is. I'm just being honest. There's, you know, your life changes. There's so many different things. But the I've actually realized now the number one thing I'm the most scared of with the baby is that Tay's not going to like love me like she does anymore. And so when I saw you post that, I was like, this bitch is always in my head. So I want you to give me the real tea on being a mommy and how that affects your romantic relationship with your partner. Because I know you'll give me it real. I told you before this podcast started, every bit of advice that people said about like being a mom, I've had the complete opposite experience, 100%. And you're one, you're totally right. I said to my husband, Dan, before we got married and, and having a child, cause, and Dan was the same way as Tay. He wanted kids like literally the third date. I think he no. told me like he wanted children. So I said to him, like, you have to put me number one. Like I am number one. Like I am always the top smooch. Like it, that's it. Right. Right. So he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be that way. And anyway, so we have our son. Um, my husband is madly in love with our son. I, I, I am certain that he probably loves our son more than me. He says it's a different kind of love, which people will always say that. Like always say that. Oh, it's a different kind of love with your child. I have not experienced that. It's the same. Like I love KJ as much as I love Dan. Now, Dan, I think definitely has a different love. Like, <laughs> I mean, like he does. <laughs> See, this is fascinating though, because I feel like usually you'll think it's the mom who loves the baby maybe more than her significant other. It's the mom who carried, especially because there's like a bonding that goes on. And then also, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just like a total sexist stereotype, which I'm like the queen of. So bring it on. But like, <laughs> I, I definitely like my mom, for example, I know my, I know my dad's jealous of me straight the fuck up, even as an adult. Cause when I come home, he's always like, and this is something I recently noticed. And at first I thought it was cause I was gay for real, real. Like I would come home and I was like, dad's weird. I think dad's always like warming up to me, you know, like maybe coming out. Maybe it's like hard for me to dress. And then I realized like, no, no, no. Dad just like, doesn't know how to be around mom. Cause mom changes so much when I come home. Cause I am. And she tells me, okay. On the sly. I'm like the greatest love of her life and I fucking know it. Okay. I'm her baby. And I was her firstborn and I was an only for like six and a half, seven years. So we have like that serious psychotic bond, that unhealthy bond, you know, <laughs> like it's not, it's not okay. And yeah. my dad definitely like, yeah, I mean, I can see his feelings are hurt every time I come home and he's like, oh, well, her favorite person's here. I guess it's time for me to slink into a corner and just become a human ATM again. I feel bad for him. But but before I was like, oh, dad, shut up. You're a man. That's like your job in life. Give me a break. Like men, white, middle-aged men, like benefit from so many double standards. So it's like, I'm so sorry if my mom's more favorite than you. But now that I'm with a woman, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll be dad. Well, and it's and so I funny. I want to be dad. 
Look, you guys are going to be awesome moms. You are going to be you are going to be so in love with your. I child. don't know, girl. <laughs> I honestly don't. The resentment I feel. I already hate my baby for stealing my girlfriend and my money. What the fuck? You're going to really hate your baby, too, for stealing your body. Like, we, like, you can see me. If I stood up right now, your audience would die. Like, it would be so bad. Like, wait until they ruin your body. Uh, but here's the thing. And people always said, like, the minute you have your baby, you're going to look at them and you're going to be so in love. Okay. I did not, like, I gave birth. I had a C-section. I had a, ski, a, a scheduled C-section because I'd had, like, this crazy molar pregnancy miscarriage, like, a year before, oh. which required, like methotrexate shots because it developed into a gestational um pregnancy cancer that i didn't even know existed no yes so and i had like this wild hemorrhage which rare i mean the chance i i don't want to scare your audience or scare you because the chances of this happening are like oh zero point zero percent you know what i mean gosh okay but i just happen to be that one person so they wanted to do a a scheduled c-section just to make sure everything was okay so we do that you know, he was born. It was amazing. It's awesome to hear them cry, but I did not like look at him and like hold him and just instantly have this bond. I, I, like everyone said Thank that. you. Thank you for delivering the truth burgers because I feel like there are so I like just like everything else in our lives, right? Like prom. I don't know why I thought of that, but I did prom college, our first job, getting married, getting engaged. Like we see basically I'm just going to blame media. We see on like television movies, whatever. It's like, they take these moments that are supposed to be special, but then they punch them up so intensely. So then when you're actually living through them and they don't feel like you saw on, you know, the OC, you feel like there's something wrong with you. But like, we need to have more of these honest conversations where it's like, no, like you think it's going to be this magical, I was going to say Hallmark movie moment, Hollywood Hollywood moment or Hallmark. But it's like, no, there's real life in there. Like people, I'm sure so many women feel like you, but feel like they can't admit that. Oh my God. And he literally cried and screamed the entire first night that he was born. By the morning, I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I was like, is there a, like, when can we hire someone to come in? Like, I can't handle this. It was so bad. So it was funny. And even bringing him home, like, yes, you know, you, you obviously like all of a sudden there's three of you. And so you're like, okay, I've got to take care of this person. You know, it's very instinctual. Then you're also healing from like giving birth. So it wasn't until I would say like, maybe he was 10 days old and he, he all of a sudden like lifted his neck and he looked up at me for the first time. And I was like, I actually cried. It was like this, it was the moment that people were talking about, but it was not in the hospital. It was, I was just like, oh my God, it's my son. Like it was really wild. So explain that to me though. Cause like, this is something that I really have such a hard time wrapping my brain around is like, so it's like, everyone's like, it's just so different. It's just so different. It's like no love that you can ever explain. Can you try to explain it? You're the most verbal person I know. Well, you and I are alike, which I think we're both obsessed with our partners, probably in an unhealthy way. Psychotically. I'm obsessed with Schman. I, I'm, I'm so jealous. Like, I, I'm like, you can't do anything. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Like, I'm so... I mean, wait, I, wait, wait. I, have you always been jealous with him? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. How long have you guys been together? Um, we will be together nine years wow. uh, in February. Okay. We've been married two and a half. Amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, so- I, I was awful at when the start of our relationship. Like I didn't want him hanging out with any women, but I would go out with guys all the time. Like I, was really bad. I don't know why he didn't leave me. I have no idea. <laughs> 
No, I, like I, literally, same. There was one time where Tay was in Cannes for work, and she called and she was like, I'm on this yacht. And I should have been like, honey, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Yeah. I was so mad that like the next night I called my rando friend and went to a nightclub, and I called Taylor, and I was like, I'm in a nightclub flirting with the boys. And she was like, you're a fucking bitch. You're also insane. I'm at work. Like, why are you calling me and torturing me? I am so, I've always been like kind of psycho jealous, but with her, I am next level. I really had to teach myself over the years together to like simmer down because it was like I was going to drive her away. I know. Me too. I, me too. With Dan, I, and, you know, Taylor adores you. And there's just like there becomes a level of trust. And I do think I'm the same way. I have to talk myself like, OK, you can't you have to like let this man go have a guy's night like you can't <laughs> or he is going to leave you. So, you know. <laughs> This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Warby Parker. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Here's the thing about the glasses eyewear industry. It's hella expensive, but Warby Parker, they're bringing you the quality at a ridiculously favorable price point. Their glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Yeah, like they've revolutionized this industry. Phenomenal quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Warby Parker, they have this, they're like known for their free home try-on program. So here's what you do. You go and you take a quiz, right? And it, it just like helps get you in the right direction for what you want. And then after you take the quiz and you kind of like know what you're looking for, you order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for literally free for five days. It's so convenient because it's really hard to buy a pair of glasses, sunglasses without trying them on. You can't really, you might know your body size, but face shape and the way that certain sunglasses fit, I find it very difficult to buy sunglasses unless I've tried them on first. So there's literally no obligation to buy. They send them to you. You've got them for five days. You try them on. You show your friends. You FaceTime your mom. I don't know. And the best part, the home try on, it ships for free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. The only thing I had a hard time with with the try on program was that I wanted to keep all five pairs. And honestly, at the price point, you actually can. And the quality is so good. Also, don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker's prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Whatever your needs are, they've got you covered. So I love their sunglasses just across the board. I love their glasses for when I want to look smart. But the truth is, I really do need to get like my uh, prescription updated because I'm having a hard time reading at restaurants and I don't even want to talk about it. They also can help you with contact lenses. And my favorite thing, my wife and I both wear the blue light glasses, that that lens, because we're staring at our screens for so many hours every single day. And uh, we were both starting to get like serious headaches. And the blue light lenses really help. So whatever your needs are, Warby Parker's got you covered. I'm telling you, you're going to fall in love with Warby Parker. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash Taylor. Try on five pairs of glasses at home for free at Warby Parker. That's W-A-R-B-Y Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R.com slash Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. And now back to the podcast. Just being honest, I really do love my son and my husband the same amount, which is like, I would do anything for them. Right. Um, and it's, it is, it becomes, you know what, what is the thing that is different is it's going to be a unit of three. So like you adore your mom, you adore your parents, you would do anything for them. But once yes. you and Taylor have this little baby, yes, Taylor and that baby are going to just become like 
even more first. And like, you, you obviously feel this great obligation and love to your parents, but you're like, I have to decide about my life with these two first. Right. Right. I don't know how you are, but I was before the baby, I was still in the mode. Like I'm very much best friends with my mom. Like I'm like, my mom sort of came first, my brother, my niece, then like Schman, like then Dan, you know, like it was kind of this whole thing. But once, so I would say it's like, that changes. Like, I guess the, the love of you guys as a family changes. And that's why I think you and Taylor are going to just be such great parents. And I think all of these kind of fears that you might have are really going to go away because there's just, there's kind of this unit that happens. And that's really, for me, what was different. The love isn't like, I'm obsessed with Dan. I'm obsessed with KJ. I think about KJ all, you know, all day long off and on, like, is he okay? You know, all those things. But, and I think about Dan that way or when Dan's going to be, I still, we're nine years in, I still like, can't wait for Dan to come home and have dinner together and like do all these family things. But I think the love is just different because it's, it's going to, it actually is, I think really going to bond you and Taylor even more than you can imagine because so, you well, I guess have that's, to decide. That's yeah. the fear though, is like, I feel like when it comes to threes, like I'm, I'm one of three of kids in my family. Um, you know, whenever I've had like best friends, it's always been like in a trio and I'm always feeling left out. That's like my role in a trio. I hate threes. I hate them. I hate them. And so as much as I only want one child, I actually do want more because I feel like at least then it's like, it, we're like evened out, but then I get scared that like with two, Tay's going to get closer to one. I'm going to get closer to the other one. And then it's going to be like, like, teams against each other in our own family i am literally not well in the head like these are the things that i think of what, is, what am i i'm creating a sorority this is insane like this is my life my wife my children to be but like i am so angry at everyone already <laughs> so pissed. i really am so nervous i just am so i guess if i have to really water it down to like a simple thought because clearly it's multifaceted and very nuanced and very gray but I guess if I was trying to come up with a clear thought I'm just scared I'm gonna feel left out okay but what's gonna happen if you guys have this baby and then you and the baby are like you and your mom and then like what I'm hoping for (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's Taylor's problem I love to leave people out, you know? So it's either Tay's left out or the baby's left out, but I'm not going to be the one to be left out. But I just know the way my life goes. It's got to be me. Also, Tay's going to carry. I'm not going to carry. So, But I carried, and and honestly, my husband and my son probably have... if not like as equal a bond or not or, or more because the, the thing of them this is what's gonna be so exhaust like taylor's gonna be so exhausted like carrying the child and then like right. your birth like if you have a c-section it is there's like zero pain while it's happening it's just like so difficult the recovery like your abs are completely gone like you can't lift right. anything so it's like right. you're you are gonna have to bond with that baby so much more because she's not gonna be able to do all these things breastfeeding's a nightmare i quit after three months oh I, yes the truth that's coming out of this podcast is giving me life i just feel like we see so much 
mom pressury bullshit, right? On social media and the media. We really do. I mean, between M. Rada snapping back in three seconds, don't even get me started on Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset. I mean, people are calling her out as like the biggest liar on the face of the planet. Like there's like now doctors on TikTok being like, as a doctor, what she just said is an impossibility. It would never happen in a hospital setting. So like, but I just feel like there is so much, you know, there's just so much pressure put out there for pregnancy and babies and everything to go a certain way. So you're making me feel so much better that like, that's actually not the reality. Like you don't have to breastfeed until the child is six while doing an upside down yoga pose. No. Okay. I haven't lost. I, I lost his weight. Like, okay. Eight months, eight months has passed. I lost 10 pounds. He was like a 10 pound baby. I haven't lost a lick since like, that's why I only do appearances from the waist up. Like, I mean, the Girl, rest, same. Like, <laughs> but I didn't have a baby. <laughs> I haven't lost any weight. I don't know how these women lose like 50 pounds in a month. I, right. I haven't been able, I've been hungrier than ever. I would have quit breastfeeding like literally four weeks after it was interesting. And this will probably happen too. like all these fears that you have. It will be the opposite. Dan and I, the only fight we've had is Dan actually is the one that wanted me to stay breastfeeding. Like he was the one that really had an issue with me quitting because he's like, this is feeding our child. This is like giving our kid, you know, antibodies. I'm like, I don't give a shit. It is nothing is coming out. Okay. I am spending 45 minutes for this kid on one boob strap on a pair of breasts and start doing this. He's like, I could, if I would, that was truly, Oh, you really, honey, you really would. If you could, I just show her. Yeah, I know. That was like the biggest fight that we had. And I just, we went on vacation and I was like, because all these things, when you're breastfeeding, you can't have like more than one drink, you know, then you have to like, boo. Yeah. You can't have more than more, you know, than a cup of coffee. I was like, I, for nine months have remained sober, have had like six ounces of coffee. I'm done. Like I am treating myself. I'm going to have three margaritas and have a good night and not like be worried about, Oh, you know, can I, I can't breastfeed for six hours later. Like, no. So that was our only real argument, but we went on vacation. I just said, I'm just, I'm not doing it. And he, you know, we also go to couples therapy, which really helps that like helped mediate that situation a little bit. Same Um, with me and Tay. I feel like people, when they hear, I think things are starting to change like millennials. I mean, way more open-minded to mental health, mental health issues, medication, getting treatment. But you know, there's still some people that think that admitting that you go to therapy is like a bit taboo. And I'm, I am like, if you're in a relationship, it is irresponsible. I will judge you if you do not go to couples therapy. Totally. Whether you're great in your relationship or not, couples therapy is for people in relationships, period. End of story. I'm yeah. such I'm such a fan of therapy. Such, such, such. It's, it's helped me and Tay so much. We were good before, but we're like great now because of therapy, you know? We are too. Yeah, totally. I couldn't yeah. recommend it more. Um, so it's, you know, for, for Dan, I think it is a total different love. Like I think he would, I don't think he would really admit it. And I think when I post that video. I don't think, I think he sort of admitted it, but he kind of still like says, Oh, you're number one. But I, I think our son is, but for me, they're kind of equal and sorry, that's just, <laughs> so wait. So like if you, if you and KJ were in the ocean and KJ had a life preserver on, we'll make this even, we'll make it fair. And sharks were racing towards the boat and your hubs could only save one. He would save KJ. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, but see, this is the thing like, but then you'll want to save your, your child too. You know what I mean? Like you'll want Tay to save the child. Although actually, no, I'm kind of with you. Save us first. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've known me so much longer. You know, How rude. I know, it's true, it's true. Save us first. I was happy to say, and you'll feel the same way about Tay, but you know, you have to sign all these things, right? Like, of course, like worst case scenarios when you're going in to have your baby. Right. And so they do say, you know, if worst, worst case scenario, there was a situation where we had to save your wife or your baby, you know, who would you choose? And he did say to the receptionist that he would pick me. So I did think that was pretty good. Oh my God, that's so nice. And also Taylor would not do that. I already can tell you she would not. She would definitely say, save the baby. The baby. Yeah. Well, I'm also not going to be in the, I'm not going to be delivering though. So that'll, oh, 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 ah. I'll get to, I'll get to make that decision. You're the one, you're the one you have to say, are you saving Tay or are you saving the baby? You know what? Just to really fuck with her, I'm going to say the baby. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting wheeled in C-section. They'll be like, oh yeah, just the baby. She'll be like, oh my God. Yeah. No, her, a million percent her. Like not even a question. I know she's not pregnant right now and people are stop screaming at your podcast. Stop screaming at your phone. You look like a crazy person. But like, I really like right now answering a million percent. I would pick her in that scenario, especially before you, I mean, technically meet the baby. So, but I'm sure the second that little munchkin's born. And look, I'll tell you this too. I always wanted a daughter. Um, you know, I have, I had, so, you know, I was pregnant the first time and I had this crazy molar pregnancy. And for your listeners, it's basically two sperm fertilize one egg. Oh and my God. so the baby gets double chromosomes. So the child can't live. Right. So when we went in at like the 13 week mark, they did this sonogram and there was all this fluid. I mean, we didn't know that there was a heartbeat. We thought we were having this like healthy, beautiful child, but oh. there's, they show you, you know, there's all this fluid near the heart and they're, they're saying to us, you know, the baby, you, you basically have to make the t- d- decision if you want to have an abortion or if you want to wait until this child passes, but the baby is not going to live. Right. Right. So horrible mental. I mean, oh my God, we went to therapy. We both cried so much. We were just so sad. And before that though, I had really had like gender bias. Like I was like, I want a daughter. Then mm-hmm. after that happened, I was like, I don't care. I just want a healthy child. It, right. It doesn't matter. And I, and we had a boy and I have to tell you, like, I can't imagine my life without a son. Like it's so uh, little boys are such a blessing from God. It's, it's amazing. So, you know, you're just going to have this unbelievable bond with your baby. Like you, you can't even describe, it's just not going to happen. I, for me, it didn't happen. Right. Like the moment you see the child. It's so foreign because it's been you two for so long. It was Danny right. for so long. It was so bizarre the first couple of nights. It really was. But then you'll have that moment where it's like, oh man, okay, it's us as a family. Do you and Dan like split things totally 50-50 when it comes to KJ or what? We totally this is do. another thing I'm really worried about because don't tell Taylor, but... I have to do everything in this house. Like she'll clean every now and then, but she wants a goddamn gold medal for it. Like I do, like I do the dishes. I do the grocery shopping. I cook. Like I do all like the things usually like her back was out last week. So I was taking care of her, but like my back's not great. And my neck kind of went out right after she got better and she hasn't helped me like at all. So like, I know I'm gonna, I'm like, I, I have two fears. I'm, I'm scared I'm going to do everything. And I'm also scared I'm going to feel like a babysitter. Mm, I will tell you this. The moment I could send him to daycare, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. This is why I love you. Find a nanny. Find a daycare. Absolutely. When I was pregnant, and actually it's, it's um, I, we just have this nanny. He goes to her house, but she just, yes. and she just has her son. Um, 
I met this woman like what a dream. She honest to God, she was she's our neighbor. And she just <sighs> I, she just gave off this really great kind of mom vibe. And she, you know, she was she's a single mom. And anyway, I was like, you know, I don't know if you'd ever be interested, but I really feel like you I just got a good vibe about her. And I said, you know, would you be willing to like do a background check? Would you go to CPR? You know, she has three, three boys anyway. But um, she was like, Yeah, I would do all those things. And here's my background. And I was like, I just know you'll be a really great caretaker. And so three, like when he hit the three month mark and she would take him, like we sent him five days a week, like you need your own space. And Taylor will too. I mean, uh, again, there are yep. some curious moms. I have relatives. They would never, you know, they were stay at home moms. They they wear that with a badge of honor. I am not a stay at home mom. Yep. I do. I do not. You will feel like a babysitter and you will curse at your child. Um, <laughs> not because they are so much work. Yes. So the moment I could send him and it has been a godsend for both of us, like both of us. And Dan in our house does a lot of the, he does a lot of the cleaning. He does like all yeah. the dishes, a lot of the cleaning. Um, we do get a cleaning person every two weeks. Cause I'm just like, I, I see, I would rather work to pay for those things than do them. You know what I mean? I absolutely feel what you're saying. It's true. And I do think too, there is this idea that, like I was saying before, like we have these expectations set up about how we're supposed to parent and mother and all of these things. And the second that you can be like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. I'm going to do it on my own. You're probably even like, a superior parent than you would be if you tried to follow all these like bullshit rules that who the fuck made up anyway. I just feel like as if, if you're the best parent you can be is a happy parent, right? Yes. So you have to do the things that help you get to that place. And then you're actually going to, I'm sure the child benefits more from those things. Yeah. And even like when, when KJ was like four months old, you know, we would even sometimes Dan and I would just on a Thursday afternoon, like this was kind of our day afternoon or whatever, but we would just like take a nap together, you know, without him and just yes. like, yes. Know, and we'd feel so much more refreshed and ready to pick him up. And, you know, I give our moms credit. I don't know what your mom I don't know how like. the fuck my mom did it. I, I know how either literally zero i know my mom too and my mom made us like every halloween costume and did all these crafts Same. and i'm not gonna do any of that shit with my kids <laughs> <laughs> okay speaking of shit i refuse to do i told tay this i refuse to go to baseball games specifically baseball games i hate baseball i hate like in the spring the little gnats that fly around your head like there's so many things that i can remember when i was a kid that i was like this is terrible i hate this i'm never gonna do this again in my life we don't have to do it anymore i'm not going to baseball games i'll go to soccer games i'll go to like little like foot like little football little league whatever it's called um i'll go like hockey i'll bundle up and i'll go i will not go to baseball. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say my kid can't play yep. baseball, mm -hmm. but I'm not going. <laughs> wait, you wait though. You will want to see like everything uh -uh. that they do. <laughs> no, everything I... that they do. Is that you why will... parents show up at all the games? Cause they like, want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because you do, you do like root for your kid. Like you want your kid to do like, you want to see them do all these things. You want them to experience it. And that's the coolest part about having a child is you get to kind of like just re-experience -exp life through their eyes. And it's so, uh, that's like the best part. Like my son is so amused with just like a spatula, like just like chewing on it and chewing, you know, just like playing. And it's like, wow, I, 
it's been a long time since I saw anyone have joy in like using a spatula. Like, period. <laughs> like, so you say that, but then I think I I really feel like you will go. Like you will go, you will love it. You will cheer, you will, you will, especially like if your child loves it. Right. they're going to be like, mom, you have to come. And then before you know it, you'll be sitting out there with one of those, like, you know, bug nets across your head. Like you're a beekeeper, you know, cheering them on. <laughs> I'll go. If I can bring an alcoholic beverage, tons of moms do that. Wait until you're a mom. <laughs> Every event, they all have their like wine sippy cups. Okay. Okay. That I can get that can wine, wine helps everything. I don't know. I just, I'm the kind of person in life that like the second I feel like something is an obligation, I'm out. I'm tapping out. Like I hate. Like I hate nothing more than showers, bridal showers, baby showers. I hate showers. If somebody is like, I'm pregnant, I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have to go to their shower. Like I hate showers. So I feel like my fears having a child is like having to go to a shower every day of your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It's it. I you just probably you you're like as you're hearing me say this. You're like, she's going to, she's going to feel so differently. Right. Like, you know, that 100%. I'm actually thinking that maybe you shouldn't have a kid. (laughs) 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 No, like legit. I sometimes wanted to. Look, I I tell everybody this. I hated kids until the age of 35. I never, I never babysat in high school ever. I wanted nothing to do with kids. I specifically remember I used to date a guy that lived in New York city. We flew from New York to Aruba. There was a mom who had a child that screamed for the four hours. I stared at her ass the entire time. I was pissed. I was like, this is my vacation. I was so awful to like, I hated kids, never changed a diaper. And then just. I think what you guys are experiencing, there was just something about, you know, Dan really wanted children. Okay. And I do think, I don't know if you felt this way, but I have like everybody, I've had career highs, lows, disappointments, but I've just seen a lot of people. I don't know, like career isn't so fulfilling after a while. And so I was a couple years ago feeling that like, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of on this like, you know, rat wheel of just like this yep. career. And it's like, there has to be something more than yes. this. Like, yes. yes, I don't want to give this up, but like, there's gotta be something more. And so I was like, and especially one kid. Cause I was like, you can't really screw up one child. Like let's right. do, let's do one. And, and we sort of have this motto now, like one healthy child at a time. That's like all our motto is. Right. I know. No, you're right. I mean, recently my friend sent me this little girl on TikTok. She has lesbian moms and she was like it was kind of the first time you know like when you feel your biological clock ticking and you're like I want that I was like I want her I want that I need this life but then I also wanted her because she will help me go viral on TikTok so (laughs) oh believe me as you see I whore out my kid all the time (laughs) the camera like from the minute he was little and now he like loves the camera he loves his camera time I love that get that baby on that phone ASAP yeah, if it, I mean, so if your kid's on your TikTok and you're making money off of your social, can you technically write everything off for your child as a business expense? <laughs> I asked my accountant that. Okay, good. Because <laughs> then I'm in. I'm always looking for write-offs for business. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what? Well, you know what? You're going to get that awesome child tax credit. You're going to get that probably regardless of income. I think that's like universal. So Wait, think, what? Yeah, there's like a, there, oh my God, is it, 
it's several thousand dollars a year now. You get a tax credit. And I think it is, uh, I do think it's universal. I think it's regardless of income. Because I know we <sighs> called our account and we were like, can we get this now? And he was like, no, because your baby was born after like in April or something. So we have to wait till the next year. Wait, how much money? It's several thousand. I think it's like $2,000. I mean, maybe it's, a, it's you, know you what? get a lot of tax breaks, you know, with kids. I- just saw this amazing Bottega Veneta bag that I really, really wanted. And I was like, I just can't justify $2,000. But if we have a baby, I can use that money to buy the Bottega bag. Oh, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like quickly trying to Google this. Like, oh God, I don't know what, maybe it's even like a, maybe it's up to $3,600 for your tax credit. Oh my God. One of your listeners will know. That's um, that, that's like the Bottega bag with the gold chain on it. That's what I really want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you get okay. a seriously like several thousand dollars in tax credit when you have that baby. No, you guys, you. Uh, but I, I'm, I totally get everything you're hearing, and I, I feel like I am not your typical mom. Like, this my is why son- I love talking to you about this stuff because I feel like you make it more tangible to me. You make it more realized because when people are like. When people are just so fucking saccharine about it, you know, it's like, it's like, I remember I was talking to this friend of mine. We're not friends anymore. I hate her. And she was like, we were walking the street and and she was like, we were like in our mid twenties and she was like pregnant with baby number two. And I'm like, do you feel trapped by decisions of your own making? And she's like, no. She's like, I just always knew I wanted to be a mom. And I'm like, oh, I could never feel more disconnected from somebody in my entire life. Like, I just didn't understand it. But I remember feeling like envious of her that she knew so wholeheartedly what she wanted. And I remember feeling like my biggest fear is turning up like Candace Bush now, okay? There's been all these articles in like the last year where she's been talking about how she really like the perpetual single girl, right? Like Sex and the City is based yeah. on her book. And it's just like totally, I mean, she's can't stop talking about how much she regrets on having kids. And that's my biggest fear is like, thinking I don't want kids forever and ever and ever. And then like hitting an age where it's like, there is no point of return, like ultimately. And I'm like in my mid fifties or sixties being like, oh my God, there's this huge void in my life. And like, that's, so I always knew I'd have kids because the thing I hate more than obligation, the only thing in the world I hate more than obligation is FOMO. And so I'm like, I really like, I don't want to have kids FOMO. That's like the friggin' worst. Oh, so, yeah. and I had an, I have an uncle, he's sting, single, he, he'll never get married. And he adopted four kids from an orphanage in Mexico. Yeah. When he was in his late forties, early fifties. So no like that, way. yes, yes. And cause he was feeling the FOMO big time. And he wow. also was doing like a lot of charity work um, across the border. And he just fell in love with this little girl and she had siblings. And so he just adopted all four of them and he's incredible. But like that, that also was like, okay. So I, I feel like missing out on having kids is definitely a, it's a thing, you know? And, and I didn't, and I, I've always been fearful of regretting not having kids or like being like, you know, when you like don't study for a test and the night before the test, you're like, shit, why are I study? Yes. <laughs> I did want to study. <laughs> but I didn't, but I did. Shit. Uh, that's my biggest fear is like that. I'm going to like, just, I'm procrastinating kids. And then when it's too late, it's like, it, it's something that you can't, you know, really remedy and go back and change your mind on. So there's like a little bit of me that want kids, but that girl I was walking down the street with, it's like, she was so like assured of this. Like my purpose is to be a mom. And it made me jealous. Like even at that young age, when I was like, I am so not there. I was like, Oh, I wonder if I'll ever feel that certainty. And 
I still don't. I'm like in my late 30s and I still don't feel that certainty but I'm certainty certain that I'm obsessed with TD and Taylor would feel totally robbed by me specifically if that's the only thing that would ever make her like turn on me and hate me is if I refused to have children that she would break up with me she'd be like I have to find somebody who wants them so I always say this I love Taylor more than I love not having children Look, I'm in the same boat. I mean, my husband was the same way. He was like, that was a deal breaker, deal breaker for him. So, I mean, I knew we were having like at least one child. And, um, and I always tell women, because a lot of people ask me this, a lot of women over 35, you know, they're kind of in the same boat. And I'm like, if you are at all even curious, which it sounds like you are, you know, you're not certain, but you're curious. I was the same way. You should go for it. You will never regret it. You really won't because it's just this little girl or little boy is just going to be such the greatest makeup of like you guys and your personalities and, and like everything, you know, you're going to wear off on this baby. Like even in the womb, even if Taylor is like carrying this child, you're it's crazy how bonded you guys really are. But I'm with you. All the same feelings that you're having, I had. Okay, after, Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. I, I was never one of those. I, I, I just said it. Like, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. I, I don't want to make costumes. I don't want to make quilts. Like, my mom did all that. I I loved it. She's We have such a great relationship. But, like, I don't know. My relationship is going to be taking my kids to Disney. I don't know. <laughs> Like it's, my relationship is going to be teaching my kids how to drink wine responsibly. <laughs> there you go. I mean, <laughs> and your children are going to adore you. Yes. I'm going to be like a European parent. We're going to smoke cigs together. <laughs> it'd be so fun. <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm like, all right, I can't wait for him to turn 21. Like, I can't wait for him to turn 16. Like, when can we go to Europe and start drinking? I, mean, I know my kids are going to be like, God, when can we get fucked up together? Now, wait, Taylor, do you guys have a timeline? I know you're, I know you're not probably revealing everything, but do you have a timeline of when Tay you just said to me today, we just went and got our booster shots for, um, yeah. yeah. And so when we were standing in line, we were just talking about stuff and Tay had a bachelorette party that she was going to go to, but it's like in Napa and it's like really expensive. It's over like President's Day weekend. So she was like, she made a decision she can't go. It's just not financially responsible. We just had a wedding. Like, you know, we're tapped out. So yeah. she told this friend of hers, she was like, I can't go because of like financial stuff. And also the news to me, news to me. She was like, I also told her that, um, you know, I'm trying to save money for fertility and for having us having a baby for next year. I said, oh, that's good to know. So <laughs> next year we'll be having a baby. Um, so I guess that's the timeline. <laughs> 2022 here we go okay and I looked at her like wait you want to have a baby and she was like no no no. I want to start doing the things to have the baby by this time next year I I said okay well I hope God impregnates you like the Virgin Mary because I'm not paying for that shit this time next year. We have bills we're paying still from the wedding. It's look, I, I we were worried about the cost. The cost will be fine. It's not going to be that much higher than what you guys are already living. I'll tell you right now, as your first child, who you are, people are going to buy you everything. How how lucky do you feel to have the listeners that you feel right or that the listeners that you have right? Oh my God, Taylor, I have been doing this like man. Okay, from TikTok, right? This manifestation, yep. they you know manifest things is really big on TikTok. So I've started this like manifestation, like gratitude kind of mantra every day. And multiple times a week, I am so grateful for the people who have stuck with me and followed me and listened to my podcast every week. Yeah. It's amazing. And and you have the same following. Same. It's, 
I mean, we're with these people and it's like, they're with us for all these highs and lows of our lives. It's, it's such an honor. I mean, in a world where you can literally follow millions of people, the fact that they come to us every week is it's awesome. Oh man. Who needs babies when you have that? I'm sorry. I can't have babies. Y'all are my babies. I have so many babies. Um, I know. No, I know. It's time to be an adult. It's time to do this. And to be honest, I'm probably not even going to be having our first until I'm in my 40s, maybe freshly. But, you know, so it's like, and that's an adult number. That's a time to be like, be an adult. Like, you know, so and look, I'm doing it. You two are going to give birth at that hospital like we did. And they're going to go, oh, you guys aren't old. You know, the last the weekend before we gave birth in Arlington, Virginia, there was a 51-year-old woman and her like 56-year-old husband. So they were like- Queen and king of the world. Love. They're like, don't even feel old. Like everybody in their forties is having kids. Taylor will probably get pregnant. Like the first time you wait, you're going to get that donation. And then, Oh, so they said that she's in the age range where we can literally like, for me, I would have to go into like, see a, a specialist and get IVF and the whole thing. But, um, and I'm definitely going to harvest my eggs as like a backup plan just in case. Um, but Tay still, she said she would carry. I I would have her do it. Mine. Like what? Okay, I'll be drinking and eating sushi over here. And uh, what's the cheese? Soft cheeses? What's the cheese she can't have? <laughs> oh God, what are the ones? Pasteurized, um, yes, unpasteurized. Oh, you can't have anything unpasteurized. Oh, I'm which gonna is be, like, I'm going to be making every cheese boards cheese. every night when she's pregnant, just so she feels <laughs> left out and it comes full circle. But no, but I, I'm definitely like, yeah, I'm uh, like, I, I'm set up for the best case scenario. You know what I mean? So we'll definitely, yeah, she's going to carry. I mean, what, what, what else can you ask for? But the, the sperm bank said that she's young enough now that we could, um, I could literally artificially inseminate her at home over a glass of wine. You should Romance. do it. You should do it. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, I am so freaking excited for you guys. You're going to love it. And look, I, I just stopped following like all these mom blogs and all the shit. I'm like, I'm just doing it my own way. Yes. My son's eight months old. He's not crawling, which some babies crawl by then. He doesn't really like, you know, whole foods. You're supposed to be like offering him. And, you know, I put these things up to like, you know, this is my life. Right. But I honestly, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. Like he's fine. He's healthy. I don't care. I'm not in a competition with other parents I just I don't care like I'm just enjoying who he that's is that's why I and- fuck with you because yeah. that's what's up you know no you are my child spirit guide for sure and girl I'm telling you and I like I my kids outfits don't match like I do so many secondhand things because these kids like outgrow this stuff like right. I used to think oh my god like I th- he's gonna have to have Air Jordans they don't even want to wear sneakers at eight months old like I, of course I'm like okay is Walmart open like what can I buy him from there like I mean yeah yeah don't put yourself under any pressure okay (sighs) okay you did the damn thing I think I'm kind of sort of a little bit more than I was before we started this podcast ready to have a baby in a year and a half (laughs) you're gonna love it you're gonna love it I'm telling you you guys will both be you won't yeah I mean we had no idea we started reading baby books I think like a month before he was born and we were like oh like Taylor, my son, I think it was like the second or third visit to the pediatrician. I didn't realize that you were supposed to wash their armpits. Like I didn't think like a one month old or two month old. They don't old just clean themselves. They don't lick their armpits clean. I'm out again. I thought they were like cats. <laughs> me too, me too. And I didn't think they accumulated lint and sweat. Turns out they do. I bring them into the pediatrician. <laughs> 
I kept smelling this odor. I'm like, it smelled like a belly button. I'm like, why? What is, what is going on? <laughs> he lifts up his little armpits. They're filled with lint and they stink so bad. <laughs> I go, Dan, quick, get me some baby wipes. They had like these baby wipes from out there. He's like, hey, could we just have a few of those? I was scrubbing down his pits oh, before oh. the pediatrician got in there. Look, I always tell people you can't be as clueless as us. So have the baby. Okay, done and done. Merry Christmas. Babies for everyone. Right. <laughs> oh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. You are the best. You made me feel a lot, truly a lot less scared than I was before we started. So I appreciate you. And Taylor Donahue definitely appreciates you. Anything to baby step me closer to that, you know? Seriously. Look, I adore you. I can't wait to have you back on my podcast. Anything you two oh. need, it's going to be so fun to watch your journey. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, my wait. God, girl. You're the best. You guys, check out Sarah's show, The Sarah Fraser Show, okay? And you can find it on Instagram. You can find it on TikTok. And, uh, yeah, new episodes Monday through Wednesday. Check it on out. Check it on out. Um, girl, thank you so much for joining me. You're the best. Taylor, love you. Thank you for having me. Love you, girl. You guys, that's it for us this week. Have a fantastic one. And until next week, bye.